0: Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Lucas. And we are
1: two aspiring filmmakers making unnecessary commentary on famous movies. Each week, we will randomly select a film to analyze, discuss, and review. We will select the
0: film at the end of each podcast so you will have ample time to watch the movie before the next episode.
1: We are Slightly Qualified Film Students.
0: Hello! Hello, Hello everybody! Welcome back to Slightly Qualified Film Students.
1: Here we are are we're coming in with the Farewell, uh, which came out last year. Great movie, yep. super fun indie A24 film. Uh, this yeah. is my second time, Ben's first. my first time watching
0: it. Very, very like it's a very sad film, uh, but it was like a pleasant viewing experience. Um, it was just it, it was a nice relaxing film. It, it is funny like I laughed numerous numerous times during this film. I also cried. You get the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. It's that beautiful dark comedy um it, it it's just a it's just a great uh film, really. In the wake of more deep films we've been reviewing like The Master, just having a nice uh funnier movie to spice things up is I'll I'll take it, you know. It was a very good watch for my first time.
1: Yeah. It's nice. And I I love a good dark comedy. Um it's probably my favorite genre next to like crime thrillers. Um <laughs> but hell yeah. I just I really like this movie and it really hits home for me. I mean, it's not only a great balance between drama and comedy and, you know, uh, needing that line between the darkness of the situation and also finding the jokes in it. But, you know, also I'm half Japanese, so there, there is a certain uh, relatability to like the family sequences, the dinner sequences, how uh, everyone talks to each other. It's very uh, relatable to a certain sense. So I, I feel like especially a lot of the jokes um, hit a little bit harder for me. But it, overall, it's just a really fun film, and I really enjoyed watching this uh, for my second time. Uh, you want to do a quick plot summary? Yeah,
0: sure. Got one pulled up right here. Okay. Billy's family returns to China under the guise of a fake wedding to stealthily say goodbye to their beloved matriarch, the only person that doesn't know she has a few weeks to live.
1: Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Um, so
0: essentially, the... the grandma character nai nai um i i I don't know if i think this is an actual uh kind of way things go in china um where they you know they're not they don't tell her that she is dying pretty much to uh carry her emotional burden on themselves pretty much is how they describe it in the film
1: Yeah. And this, this film is like a autobiography to a certain extent of the director, Lulu Wong, who, um, she, she went through this exact situation and this is kind of like a form of catharsis for her. She said that she just kind of made this film and it's, you know, it's, it's a really interesting thing because as you know, we're Canadian it's not something you see and this is it's uh you you see that through billy's character because she's a new yorker very much american um american yeah. like how she thinks and yeah. it, it's interesting seeing her develop throughout this film and how at first she's very set in stone against um lying to her grandmother and then as the film goes along she starts to kind of just Um, accept it and then you ultimately see her basically run um, trying to get the test results so that they can be altered so that her grandma doesn't find out. So it's this really interesting character progression and I think that you get a lot more heart out of this film, especially that's coming from a director who, she's basically writing her own story, writing about stuff she went through, so yeah, yeah. really hard-hitting emotional film. And...
0: I just love the family vibes, uh, of the whole cast and just the way the dialogue is written between them. Um, -hmm. Mm -hmm. it just makes for some really awesome, awkward family moments and just some almost like inside jokes between characters.
1: Yeah. Uh, and the ensemble acting. It's just a very fun vibe. The ensemble acting is overall just pretty strong, very strong. Um, especially yeah. Zhu Zhen, uh, and Aquafina. Yeah, but, I
0: was going to say
1: that too. Yeah. And, uh,
0: the sister character, um, played by Lu Hong. I also mm-hmm. thought was really great. Who, um,
1: um, uh, who is actually the aunt of the director, Lulu Wang. Like she played oh, herself. Yeah. She yeah, played yeah. her own, she, she played herself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was pretty cool yeah mm. and you know it's an, i like it when we get a24 films this uh, i think this is our second right enemy and then this i like it when we get a24 films because well first of all they're my favorite production company i love a24 so much Same. um and films they, agree every with this. film you get from a24 i'm not saying every a24 film is amazing but they're all solid. But I am saying every They're all solid to a certain extent. You don't get any cats from A24. You don't get any absolute bombs of a film. You always yeah. are going to get, you know, if you go into an A24 film, you're always going to get something that's decent. And I that's mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't really like 8th grade that much. But
0: <laughs> also Hereditary was too scary for me, so I didn't finish it.
1: Okay. Well, I, I I liked eighth grade, and I love Hereditary. So I liked it, but it was it was terrifying. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't do it. Oh, I can't um, wait for our Halloween special. That's gonna be fun. Oh, um, I cannot.
0: Not yeah. I'm not. I'm not so, looking forward to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, eight two four is just a really great studio. Who, kind of, uh, proves that. You can make successful indie films in today's hyper studioized film industry. And this is a great example. It is. Of just a film that has good heart um, and just good morality to it. Uh, and it's just a funny, feel good film that doesn't need, you know, crazy whatever, crazy studio budgets mm-hmm. to to make an entertaining film. And I really like that about it.
1: Yes. Um, And I think it's really interesting how this story came to be uh, or this film, because I was listening to an interview uh, from the director and she basically said that originally she was talking about her like life situation on a podcast before this was even in the works of being a film. She was just talking about her experiences and Mm -hmm. she was approached by Disney who wanted to make this film. Um, wow. And But the thing is that Disney wanted to take her her concept, basically. And what they wanted to do was basically crazy rich Asians just remove uh. the rich and add in the grandma's dying. So basically what they wanted to do was like, instead of her going to see her cousin's wedding, it was like, she has to find a guy, and then they have to go and stage the wedding, but then they ultimately fall in love, and it was that whole, you know, you know, cliche of a rom-com that uh, they wanted to yeah. do, and then it was more of the B story that the grandma was dying, and it was more focused on the romance, um, which ultimately probably would have been an okay rom-com, but that's it not the worked. point of this film. That's not the point of this oh, film. Yeah. And obviously she turned them down, and she was approached by a lot of big production companies that actually wanted to do a similar kind of thing, but ultimately four know, was
0: like, "Yo, we'll let you do your thing.
1: Yes, and but we'll only give you 3 million dollars, but yeah. you will have complete control. And, you know, I don't think this is a film that needs a whole lot of money, so I think that is a very notable um thing to do from the director and obviously this is a piece of work that's really dear to her heart so she doesn't want to get disney Disney disneyfied but um you know Mm -hmm. i i I think that's really notable and very it's what makes me really respect this film and a24 and the director um yeah so let's get into some audience questions because we have a couple or do we want to do standout scenes first oh you know what you're right. We, we do want to do standout scenes first. What's your standout falling... scene, Lucas?
0: What's your favorite scene <sighs> okay. in the whole film?
1: Okay, yeah. Um, this one's kind of, might be weird, but um, it's the graveyard scene. So, you know the scene where they're at the... The bows. <laughs> The grave. Yes. Yes. I think think that that in itself is one of the best written scenes i've seen in a long time comedically Damn. and just an all-around scene it's written perfectly like we we're leading into it from a joke before that we're, we're talking about people like crying and trying to show how sad they are into uh, when a loved one dies and like basically f- not focusing on their actual sadness but focusing on their overall appearance, and wanting other people to think that they're sad in order to, you know, fit in um, to a certain then extent.
0: talking about the professional criers.
1: Yeah. And the thing that's so great about this scene is that you get this really interesting family dynamic, and it's awkward, it's weird, but it's also one of the scenes that we see everyone's kind of loosened up, because throughout most of the film, everyone's very very awkward, very sad because they're trying to hide this secret from nine. Nai. And in this film, you kind of just, they're focusing more on the the death of their grandpa or their father or their uncle. And they're, they're not as focused on that anymore. So you see everyone kind of open up and you see like this true family dynamic and the jokes yeah. that are played off of each other is really strong. The bows are hilarious. And overall as like the link at the end, I think that this is a pr- like really, really strong comedic scene that gives totally. a lot of development to all of the characters because there's a lot of characters in this film. And when you have a lot of characters, you can't give a whole lot of development to all of them. So when you're able yeah. to write a scene that is, you know, it's like four minutes long, but you're able to give a solid amount of development to all of the characters just through like their interactions with one another. That's really good screenwriting and directing. Totally. and i think that that is well yeah that's my standout scene
0: yeah for me uh the 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 standout like moment is the the tracking shot of nine Nai from the back of the taxi window i mean there's yeah. a lot of things i love about that shot and i'm going to talk about it in cinematography i think
1: and and <laughs> the
0: scenes yeah exactly yeah for um scenes i'm going to have to it's a very long scene But the wedding... uh, Like, I could pick out specific moments. But I think that the wedding scene as a whole... Is just kind of the culmination of everything I love about the film. Um, Just having the awkward family dynamics of all these characters. And also just very heartfelt moments between them. uh, Making basically the perfect dramedy vibe of sadness... But also funny things like the the drinking game they play or whatever to get yeah. how how drunk on his wedding day, <laughs> um, and also just like dialogue that they have like nine eyes dialogue with the three uh, people she was in the army with, um, just just giving little backstory like that in such in a way that is so casual and written so casually but. It just makes for these very entertaining dialogue-driven scenes, um, and I think that the the uh, the wedding scene is kind of the culmination of all that. Uh, and also, I just really like um, the very sad monologue uh, given because, um, uh, shoot, what's his name in the film? The uncle character, uh, Billy's uncle, the guy who moved to Japan. Um, yeah nina's other son basically just gives Mm -hmm. such a sad speech but um, it's also funny but it's also (laughs) you know there's
1: something that's so sad about that speech but it's also kind of hilarious in the fact that everyone's just dead face while he's bawling his eyes out
0: yeah because they don't really know the true meaning of the speech that that's what this film is built on is that dramatic irony that is so present in the in the very concept the whole concept of the film is dramatic irony and it's just in moments like that where it's so present where we know the character knows but other people in the scene don't and that's what really makes for a lot of these funny moments shout out to 10th grade english class for teaching me that one
1: dramatic irony obviously (laughs) gotta get the I should just like write an essay on this film talking about dramatic irony exactly (laughs) uh okay now we're gonna do audience questions yeah okay so we got my favorite segment yeah i like it we got some deep questions today some really deep ones okay okay first question The farewell prompts us to examine what it means to have responsibility over information and the ethics of disclosing that information or not doing so. What would you do in this situation and why?
0: Uh. Ah, damn. Uh, like, I think it's a very uh difficult question, just because in our society here it's just it's unheard of really to not tell someone their diagnosis um mm-hmm. and obviously, I don't really know if it's possible in Canada or America uh to like literally forge documents to make someone not know. Um, but, it, like, obviously, that's not the point of the question. Um, I, like, I don't know. I think that morally it's a really tough question because, um, obviously, to be to be hit with the burden of, you know, having, like, a time limit on your life is something really horrible. Um, and a feeling that, obviously, I don't really have any perspective uh, towards but I don't know I think I feel like it really depends on the situation um I I don't know for me I kind of think I t- would stand with where aquafina's character was at the start of the film like I just feel like that's something that um a loved one should know like I I don't know it, it feels it would feel wrong in a way to not let them know uh,
1: yeah I I agree I think it's something well it's definitely culture and you know we're very westernized but uh, yeah I mean I, I think yeah to a certain extent it is very mm, there's just this grey area and it's I think personally I would tell because I, I, I just think that's the right thing to do but I, I don't i i don't know what i would do if it was like my entire family was in on it and it was like something like this right. from embedded in their culture because i do that i do understand i totally understand the concept of it yeah and i do it, too it kind of makes sense to me to a certain extent but i still just have this feeling of it just kind of is iffy it's like because I, I would want to know. I think that's what it comes down to is I would want to know. So then it yeah. feels wrong to not tell someone. But, you know, yeah. it, in this film, it's interesting because they say that she... Nai Nai did this when uh, her husband was dying, too. She did this also. So it's clearly something that um, she believes she in. accepts and she believes in. Yeah. So it kind of does make sense to do it to her in this situation. I yeah.
0: And I also think that it might be something that I get a different perspective on uh, a little later in life. Like, I, I don't know how, uh, how much I've contemplated my own mortality or whatever. But I think that, yeah, currently I think I would want to know so I could, you know, like they say in the film, if she has anything she needs to take care of. Like, I think if I had like a bucket list or something or just... Things I wanted to do or just, you know, have that knowledge so then I could spend every minute of that time with loved ones. Yeah. Um, I think would kind of be the thing I would want, but once again, that's just the westernization talking. And obviously this is a part of like their family, what their family wants to do, um, And I think that if my family had come to that decision, then I would respect it and go along with it. But, Mm -hmm.
1: uh, yeah. Okay, next question. um, Which is going to be really difficult for both of us to answer, but do you think Lulu Wang's film goes beyond cut and paste representation? Now, the thing about this question is that neither of us are Chinese, um, I mean, yeah. I'm half Japanese, but I like that still doesn't give me any insight on the actual representation of Chinese culture. I mean, there are things that I've seen in my family that's um, put on screen. Um, what I am gonna say about this question is because I did listen to interviews from the director. Is that her big thing about this film was she wanted to accurately represent her family? and right. when they were making this movie the production company um or A24 basically they they said that they thought that um well there were a couple of things the first thing was they thought that Aquafina's mom was too mean in the film and mm. that they should make her uh, nicer or more you know loving and I think the fact that they she didn't obviously is is interesting because first of all it's about her relationship with her mother and it's also the fact that I I think her mother is very loving in this film in in my opinion, uh, y- you know when s- she's not mean she's, she that's her personality I mean and she's grieving and she right. there's a lot on her mind she's not being mean she's just that's kind of yeah and I I I mean. I, all of my aunts and parent like parents grandparents they all have that kind of similar personality to a certain extent so i do think that is pretty accurate the other thing was they wanted to change it uh like from the grandma calling aquafina stupid child to silly child because they thought stupid was too harsh um so I think the fact that they, that Lulu Wang chose to stick with these things and not you know change, this stuff to maybe make it m- more well received by a wider range of audience, I think, uh, uh, does to a certain extent say that it's a pretty solid, um, yeah representation. But you know, I'm not claiming to know really anything because yeah. I, I don't.
0: I think as the resident white boy of the podcast. I'm not going to make any claims on whether or not it's an accurate representation of Chinese culture cuz I really have no idea and China is a huge place with billion literally over a billion people so I think it's very hard to, to just kind of uh take this story and say well does is this an accurate representation of culture
1: and this film there's a lot of controversy around it last year during awards season because um, a lot of the awards shows were classifying this film as a foreign film, um, which is happening mm-hmm. again this year with Minari. Um, okay, well, Minari, I feel like, is different. Um, the, the, I actually... I uh, I mean, what, what classifies something as a foreign film? Because this is an American film. This is an American yeah, film. Yeah,
0: exactly. I feel like this is... Totally, an American film.
1: Like the production oh, right. company is American, the director is American, half of the actors are American. I mean, just it's an it's film. in a different <laughs> yeah.
0: la- Just because it's in a different language doesn't make it a foreign film. That's like parasite. And, parasite is a foreign film because it, it is it's, d- it's a Korean in film in South Korea. Yeah, yeah. Di- like shot in South Korea, Minari is shot in Arkansas. Directed uh by asian americans starring asian americans not that that really has anything to do with it just the sheer fact that it is uh an american production company shot in america but it's in korean doesn't make it
1: yeah um, and also with the farewell it's the exact same thing i mean yes they aren't in america for the whole for like most of the film but that's like saying Inglorious Bastards is a foreign film because it's not based in America. Yeah. Like, it's still an American team behind the film. I mean, there's. There's so many films like call me by your name. That's like saying that's a foreign film because it's all in Italy. Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense um, at all. And I think this film could have like won quite a few awards if it ha- if it wasn't classified or at least been nominated if it wasn't classified as a foreign film. Um, yeah, because Golden Globes, you you can't really nominate um, a foreign film for the other categories because I think The Farewell could have easily got a screenplay nomination, right? It could have easily got, um, even, you know, a cinematography nomination, and it couldn't get those because it was... So it was actually film.
0: considered a foreign film.
1: Yeah, last year it was. Ex- yes yeah, it was. And I pretty mean, much... The only award show that didn't was the Spirit Indie Awards, which, uh, The Farewell won Best Indie Film last year. Best overall. Hmm. Um... But, I I feel yeah.
0: like that's a difficult zone. Just like the other thing is is with Minari uh which is classified as not foreign film, correct? They they also It is classified you know, as film. Minari,
1: Minari is, is classified. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. at the Oscars, but everywhere else.
0: Right. Yeah, that's that's tough. Like It really does come down to whether or not language is enough to make something a foreign film. Because, like I was about to say, The Farewell is almost entirely in uh, Chinese. But then I realized Minari is literally like 99.9% in Korean. So I I really don't know how you can argue that one is foreign and one isn't or vice versa. It's either they're both foreign films or neither of them are
1: um yeah well i I think to me Mm -hmm.
0: i'd say they're not foreign films but yeah
1: i mean yeah yeah that's that's our take i i think i like that it's in a foreign language because that adds to the realism because obviously if you're it's like in glorious bastards we were talking about this if you're gonna be in a different country you're not gonna be speaking english unless it's an english speaking country so yeah I mean it's about realism like most films don't do this and I get it most films base off in other places and they talk English half and the they want to
0: appeal to their audience which is uh yeah Americans. but that's
1: that's fake because that wouldn't be the case um in real life so mm. you know I think that this film The Farewell it's not you know it might not be the most brilliant film ever but On like a respectability level, I I respect this film a lot um, for its choices and for just like not going through all the tropes it could have done. Anyways, let's let's take a quick break um, and then we'll come in with the actual review of this film. Okay, we are back.
0: Yeah, Uh, ready to hop into into our review. Story story originality originality
1: out of Mm ten. Yeah, what did you think? I think that
0: it's a really interesting concept and a very original concept too. Um, Obviously, it's based off of personal experience, um, but it just makes for such a great film premise. (laughs) Like I'm sure that. Uh, Lulu Wang had, like, an epiphany after that podcast <laughs> of, like, <laughs> damn, that could make such a good film. And also, obviously, personal reasons you want to make a film about that. But really, it it just makes for this, this great uh, template, almost, for a dramedy um, because you have the situation that is very, very sad, obviously. Um, Losing loved ones is a very uh, stressful and just, you know, sad time. Um, But also just the uniqueness of not telling the grandma uh, just makes for some very great jokes. Uh, And it really just sets this up to be such a great ride um a really a roller coaster of emotions as a dramedy should be uh and while it is a fairly um it's not a very deep story necessarily uh obviously you know it's it's touching on uh the the question of morals and is it right to do this but at the end of the day, um, surface value—it's—it's it's a fairly simplistic story, but I—I I really like it. Um, it's just a very interesting concept,
1: uh, and in my eyes, very original. Yeah, I think this is a really original film. I—I I, I haven't seen anything like it. <laughs> yeah. You know, there really isn't any films like this. I mean, there are films about loved ones dying, but, you know, nothing... There aren't a lot of films that are about the lead-up, or even in that sense, you know? There aren't a lot of films out there where it's like, will they or will they not die? How are we going to say goodbye? And it feels like a topic that would make sense for a lot of films to be about, but you don't really see many like that. Mm Um so yeah, I think this is an extremely original film and yeah, I think the story is great. As you're saying, balancing the drama and the comedy, um, creating really interesting, strong characters. Um, and also just the fact that this film was able to, to be like a very interesting and entertaining film with a $3 million budget. I'm pretty sure this is our lowest budget film we've done. So yeah, far.
0: I think so as well.
1: And it doesn't feel like the lowest budget film we've done so far. That's the other thing, you know, mm-hmm. we, yeah. we've like, I think enemy or even the place beyond the pines or sing street feel like much lower budget films. Um, but yeah, this film does have
0: a very, uh, Sophisticated almost feel to it.
1: Yeah, it feels like a real film. And I really like the story. The first time I watched this film, I was just captivated by the overall premise. And I really do like that this film, even though, yes, the premise is about morals and ethical boundaries and all that, it also is balancing this idea of, you know, an immigrant family discussing, like, is the American dream worth, like, all worth it you know they have that interesting conversation about it it's all about this kind of like dilemma of you know being american and being chinese and not really be being able to fit in to um one or the other not really knowing who you are yeah so i think that this film just tackles a lot of really interesting topics and you're right it's not a super complicated story but because it's so original and because it's just an overall really well done premise um i give it a nine out of ten for story and originality same here i gave it a nine percent out of ten as well
0: yeah it's just it's a great premise that's able to tackle some deep concepts while also just being able to be a uh, a comedy at times and a sad movie at times too it's really great um overall yeah so, yeah. with that being said, let's move on to beginning, uh, which is at a five percent. The the opening five minutes.
1: What what are your thoughts? Um, I like it. I I think that this is a really strong opening, especially that opening shot. I mean, I love that opening shot. Mm-hmm. Um, we we start this film off. <sighs> okay. So it is set up. I will. It's set up. It's set up. The opening 10 minutes is set up, but I think it's good set up. Like right. we're, we aren't thrown into the film too quickly. And the film actually focuses more on setting up the relationship between Nine and Billy instead of mm-hmm. focusing on like the illness and the hiding from the family that comes later. But I think that was a really strong choice to focus more on the relationship in the beginning, and the character development. Yeah. Because then, when you hear the news later, um, I mean, it all hits a lot harder.
0: I like. I agree with you, but at the same time, I feel like that's kind of the obvious choice from a film director's perspective. Not to say that it's not the right choice, um, but I don't know. I feel like that's always how you should open a film uh, about. Especially when it's focused on char- characters' relationships like this. You want to start by building them. And, like, I think that they there are a lot of cool shots, actually, in the opening five minutes. Like, Nine uh, night getting the CT scan. I thought that was a super cool shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but And I think that the character development is good. And, actually, I really like that they subtly use the score to basically... Like, if I hadn't read anything about the film i'm pretty sure i would have known that she had or was sick like right away just because of the the use of score and just the way they shot um the aunt her sister kind of receiving the news uh, yeah. i really like that subtlety um but i don't know i feel like the opening five to ten minutes are decently slow uh and and yes i think it's good setup but I don't necessarily know if it's just anything above average. Like I would say it's, it's just a pretty, uh, not predictable, but just run of the mill opening five, 10 minutes for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. It is pretty, um, average looking like average opening with the setup and everything. But what, what makes it a little bit above average for me is the cinematography. Because if I'm contrasting it to the other films I've done that we've done that I've given a very like a three out of five for beginning and average, those are films where I do feel like they're average is like looking at Sing Street, for example, whereas this film, it just feels more stylized. And while and it's like it's setting up the film in a pretty normal way, but it's also it's also setting up the style of the film really well, I think. It's definitely a low 4, but I do think it's a little bit above average for me. So, 4 out of 5 for beginning.
0: Fair enough. I gave it a 3% out of 5. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's move on to ending out of 5%. I I think that the ending is is pretty solid. I I think that it's it's a really great uh ending but it doesn't necessarily stick the final shot in my opinion um i th- i really love the final montage of billy and her family driving away from nine nine it's i cried viciously <laughs> profusely <laughs> i'd say i've cried i cried the most out of any film so far uh, there's just something about that shot of Nai eye out the back window that's, like, so nostalgic and, like, relatable to anybody who's ever had to, like, if you, like, for me, my grandparents live very far away. Uh, mm-hmm. So when we, you know, say goodbye, it's, it's kind of like that, like, oh, you're not going to see them for until, like, next year or whenever you're going on the next trip to see them. So literally looking out the back window of a car... Uh, and, like, watching them kind of disappear is just nostalgic and relatable, and I love that shot so much. Um.
1: Yeah. I, like, the ending's just so sad.
0: Yeah. Even though you get the happy news that Nine-Nine did, in fact, uh, survive in real life.
1: Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But the thing, okay... Here's what I think about this ending. I think it's very close to being a perfect ending. Very yeah. close. Um It's very ambiguous to a certain extent. It definitely does not overstay its welcome. It actually ends, like, pretty quickly. You know, she gets yeah. home, and then it kind of just ends, which I but like. But that, that, you know, that these, final these ha endings.
0: is just awkward to me. I don't yeah, know.
1: Yeah, I... I I know it's awkward, but I it, it think felt that's forced. also it, kind it, of the point.
0: It, it it felt very strange to me. It was almost like a fourth wall break in a way. Um, yeah. Not that not that they're actually breaking the fourth wall, but just she kind of breaks character and does a random callback that. I don't know. It just kind of took me out, and I I understand the significance. Uh, especially since the next video is a video of the actual living, breathing Nai, Nai that the character is based off of doing her, um, exercises or, uh, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call that. Um, like, I, I really understand why they did it, but just, I don't know, while watching the ending, I was, like, crying and mentally preparing, and then, I don't know, like, the, the 15 seconds or so, after she gets back to America just it it wasn't the smoothest landing for me
1: yes I agree um the first time I watched this film I thought it was kind of a weird ending although on second viewing I I actually kind of liked it I thought that it worked for her character because she is a very awkward character so actually that whole point of it feeling awkward kind of makes sense to me here's what i don't like about the ending and yes this is a nitpick but this is the reason why (laughs) okay i don't like the cg birds
0: (laughs) facts dude actually that is super factual that took me
1: out too i was like what the hell is this here is the truth i would have given this ending full marks if it weren't for the CG birds, Damn CG I'm not birds. joking because, okay, I get it that they're trying to have this whole motif and symbolism of birds throughout the film, but I don't know. It just doesn't really land for me. I don't really think it had much of a point. Same and here. Honestly, I think the two birds were enough or, you know, when she comes back into her apartment, have a bird there. Like, you know, that's all you need. You don't need a flock of birds flying out of a tree because then all of a sudden I think I'm watching birdemic. <laughs> it or 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 just have one bird fly out of the tree. You don't need a whole flock. If you <laughs> if, if it was one bird, then it Honestly, wouldn't be yeah. so obvious the CG. Or you could have used a real bird and had one bird fly out of the tree and it would have worked. Because, you know, you had one bird show up throughout the film, so one bird makes sense to leave. But instead of having this whole flock of CG birds... Um, yeah, I'm really nitpicking. This is one second out of the ending. <laughs> but... Um, I, I just... It, it, it annoyed me. Um, but here's the thing. I don't feel like I should dock an entire mark for one second. Yeah, fair enough. Um... So I'm going to do something I don't do very often. I'm going to dock half a mark. There you go. So, uh, I'm giving the ending a 4.5. Cause I do think it's a really good ending. It's, it ends on a high note for me. It's emotional. It did make me tear up. Definitely made me tear up. Like I was crying the first time I watched this and it even got me a little bit this time. Um, but you know those birds those birds i i i'm sorry but i just can't give it full marks <laughs> i um, i
0: yeah. had to give it a regular old 4% out of 5 i i don't know i i didn't really like her ending ha and also cg birds honestly i i don't know i just thought the ending wasn't as smooth as it could have been uh, especially when I had already recovered from crying before the credits had hit. That's how I'm going to rate it. If I'm still crying by the time the credits hit, that's good. This time, you know, I kind of stopped crying and wiped my eyes and just... Yeah. And then the, there was a couple more seconds and then the credits hit. So, so, 4%. Okay,
1: fair enough, fair enough. Okay, let's hop into screenplay and dialogue out of 8.
0: Yeah. I... I think that this is a very, very solid screenplay. Um, yeah. And, okay, I'll get my nitpick kind of out of the way. I I thought that the dialogue at some points was, like, really uh, corny and kind of cliche. But I'm going to chalk mm-hmm. this up to subtitles because uh, I don't think I had the most reliable subtitles um, yeah, and also film
1: opposite languages don't really or different languages don't always translate. Yeah, they don't really always well translate
0: directly. Other. And yeah. I had not official. I had I did not have the official subtitles. I had just not official <laughs> subtitles.
1: Yeah, I think the screenplay is super impressive in itself. That um, she was able to you know balance two languages, English and Mandarin. Um, it's It's a hard thing to do, especially if you don't speak the language fluently or if you can't write it, which she said she can't really write and read Mandarin. Um, Mm -hmm. And also the fact that you're writing for, you know, half of the actors in this film are um, Mandarin speaking. They don't really speak English. So you have to adapt to that. Um, It's a really good screenplay. Like in itself, and I've already touched on this. It it balances everything really well. And it has great character development for all of our characters. And I think each character is written really um, diversely and no one really falls into the same sort of trope of one another. They all feel different and mm-hmm. individualized. Uh, and really just the the unique dynamic everybody
0: has with their kind of Uh, way of coping with nai nai's death um uh, aquafina's father is uh he's like basically turning back to drinking and smoking and he's you know he's not very he's not handling it very well he's really sad her mother Mm -hmm. is um trying to kind of be strong through it and not really show any emotion uh and and you know everybody's just kind of dealing with it in a different way and i i really love the genuineness of all this uh so with that being said i gave it a
1: 7% out of 8%. Yes, me too. 7 out of 8. Really strong just didn't didn't quite get there, but very good screenplay. 7 mm-hmm. out of 8. Let's move on to soundtrack. Um we actually got a comment uh about the soundtrack. Someone said that they absolutely loved the soundtrack and, you know. Well,
0: I thought the soundtrack was pretty forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not even kidding. I'm sorry to whoever said that. Uh, okay, to be fair, I thought that the song they chose to use in the final montage of the film was really solid. Um and I really liked it. it. Definitely made me cry a few extra tears. Um, but I don't know. I just really thought that the actual score and soundtrack of this film was not uh, very. Um, it, I thought it was forgettable. Like I, I really just didn't think it added very much to the film, other than background <laughs> music.
1: <laughs> except
0: okay. in the except in that final montage, you know, like. I'm just being honest. I, I really don't have many notes just because, uh, I, I it wasn't very present, for me while I was watching the film.
1: Really, I thought the score was very present. Like it's such, it has a, such an original sound to it. Yes, but I mean it is a fairly short score. Um, yes, but this is like, I don't know. For me, this is a key example of like Martin Scorsese take notes. You can have a score that sounds similar but you use different melodies. Like you know all of the score all the scoring in this film has a very similar tone and vibe to it in the overall like instruments used and the singing voice that's used throughout. Yeah. But depending on the scene that we're in They use the same thing, so it actually kind of sounds like the same song, but they change the melody. So some are a bit more upbeat, some are a bit sadder, some are a bit more, like, ambiguous sounding. And by doing that, you change the overall tone of these scenes. And I was like, this is what Raging Bull should have done because Mm. you can still use that, that music that's still beautiful, but by changing it ever so slightly, you change the entire, like, Cons or just feel of a scene i mean i just from
0: afterwards looking at the score it's it's just the very like the individual pieces themselves average from 30 seconds to 40 seconds like to, i don't know to me i just i just didn't really think that the score uh was adding much to the scenes. And in a lot of the key moments of the film, I found there was either no score uh, or, uh, for me, like, for example, the, the wedding. Like, there's parts of that scene that are dubbed over by score. But a lot of my favorite moments uh, were just background noise of people talking and, like, karaoke beats playing. Which, obviously, could be considered an element of soundtrack. But looking at the actual score that was created for this film... Uh, I thought it was pretty underwhelming. But even just compared to other A24 uh, films from the same year, like, I don't know if you've seen The Lighthouse, but The Lighthouse is a film with such a moody score that adds so much and such a unique score. I would even argue that Minari has a really amazing score.
1: Minari does have an amazing score, and And The Lighthouse has a good score, but The Lighthouse score, it's like... I don't know. It's kind of, bro.
0: You can't
1: even talk to me about the, the lighthouse, the lighthouse score is intense, blasted white noise. That's the lighthouse. The lighthouse
0: score is in my opinion, like a horror movie version of, uh, the arrival score, like very bassy ambient, but amazing. Okay. Whatever. I'm yeah. just saying. Compared to other A 24 films, I feel like it isn't
1: necessarily that epic. Okay, fair enough. But if you give this score lower than what you gave Raging Bull, I'm gonna call bias. So hard.
0: Well, guess what? I think I gave it the same thing. Okay. Five percent. That. What I what I
1: give Raging Bull. Yeah, you gave Raging Bull five percent. Yeah. Same thing. Okay, good, because <laughs> if you gave it lower than Raging Bull, I would have been annoyed.
0: Uh,
1: no. Um. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't think this score is brilliant. I agree with you, but I will say that I. I didn't think it was forgettable because when I went into this film, I remembered the score. So therefore, it's not forgettable for me. It's definitely not a score I would listen to without a doubt. But I do think it brings a lot of emotion. I thought this score was pretty good. Um, I clearly liked it better than Ben. Um, so, yeah, it's a 6% or a 6 for me. Um, fair enough. Yeah, fair let's enough. move into production design. Um, costumes and set out of 6.
0: Uh, I think that the production design on this film is, I, I would actually say it it impressed me. I don't really think that it's anything great. I uh, I think it, it's it's a it's fairly average in terms of the overall production design. I do really like the costumes actually and the set pieces. Um, yeah. But I think it definitely surprised me because when I saw the budget of three million dollars, and I saw Aquafina, I was like, okay. Um, they they're gonna have a lot of this budget uh put towards the actor Aquafina cuz i mean she is pretty big uh
1: and uh what's his name Ma, who plays her father he's he's in everything
0: yeah exactly <laughs> um so i i don't know i was expecting them to focus uh less of their budget on production design because it's not really that important of an aspect necessarily to this film but I was pleasantly surprised. I thought the production design was above average um mm-hmm. there were some scenes in particular where I really liked the costumes i I would like I think the wedding had some really nice costume choices just when they dressed up yeah. I thought it they had some nice flair going I mm-hmm. actually thought that how how's japanese bride Aiko uh, or Aiko's costumes yeah. were really great throughout. Yeah. Um, and just some of the sets they were on, like where how, how and iko were taking their wedding pictures, which yes. is really cool sets. Really cool. Um, so yeah, I think the production design was above average. However, I think that, uh, for most of the film it's, it's, it's very simplistic, which, you know, I'm not, uh, necessarily saying is a bad thing for this film. Uh, but it's just not really going to give you any points.
1: Yeah, I agree. The production design is very simplistic, but I think the set decoration is superb in this film. Mm. Like, the color choices for each of the set pieces, the the wallpaper chosen. Like, there's so many elements to how good this film looks visually that comes from the set decoration. A shot that really stands out to me is that shot, as you're saying, when they were taking the wedding photos and you got the blue wall with that pink fluffy heart. Mm-hmm. The contrast of pink and blue, which is used quite a bit in this film, is just beautiful. In the wedding, we got pink and blue balloons that are, are put around, and it's and they're these like pastel color, pink and blue. So it's kind of once again irony of the situation we're in. We have these very like contrasty colors of pink being this very like beautiful, fun color, and blue being the color of sadness, which I think is pretty cool. And we see that these colors used throughout the film. Yeah. Um, also, just lighting choice, like, not lighting, but the actual practical lights that are put on set to put an array of colors in scenes. Like, uh, the hotel scene, we got a red lamp um, to get this huge, like, red glow on the hotel room. Yeah. There's another scene where uh, there's, like, uh, very yellow-toned uh, lights lining the street that, are not lining the street, but in, like, the actual... Uh, house where in Nine Eyes' house mm-hmm. that they use at nighttime that create this very like yellow aroma to the film. So th- it's just little things like that that make the production s- or the set, the set decoration super strong. And right. I really like the costumes. I mean, it's hard with these films, like low budget films, because obviously there's not going to be huge production design. So with these, like I did with Sing Street. Place Beyond Pines, Enemy, I'm focusing more on the set decoration and costumes than anything. Yeah, Um. Yeah, I give it a 5.06, because actually, I think that this is one of the better set decoration, sort of lower budget film we've done so far.
0: Yeah, I think originally going in, I was giving it, I was like, okay, this is looking like about a 4%. Uh, But it was just the little scenes like that where they really had cool sets, um, like the wedding photos, or even I would argue the wedding itself just has really uh, solid production design. Uh, And I was really Mm -hmm. impressed by it, that they were able to pull that off. So I gave it a 5%, uh, more out of relativity to their budget and to other works of the same caliber. Yeah, um,
1: 5%. Okay, let's hop into location selection out of six. Yeah. yeah, this is some good location selection, I gotta say.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think that the location selection is... Uh, at, like, it, it's above average, but I think, once again, Um, a lot of this film is shot in honestly at dinner tables, like there's a lot of eating dinner here. Um and I think that the in like the indoor more production design aspects like I was saying, uh were uh carried heavily by the set decoration. But when they go outside, uh they really just are able to utilize these really cool landscapes of the region of uh China that they're in. So, mm-hmm. and, and for example, like, that really cool arch that they drive past twice. Um, yeah. Some may say that this is just the the cinematographer deciding it looked cool and reusing it. Uh, but I say, yeah, but it looks cool, so I'm okay with it.
1: Well, it's also, like, taking the point of arriving and exiting, You're using the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, like... Don't, like, I am I understand the, the, the significance, but it also just looks sick. Um, yeah. And also just I, shots of them all with their umbrellas outside. Like, I think that the vastness yeah. of the shots they used outside are really great.
1: Yeah. I really like the location selection in this film, um, especially the outdoor stuff. And, yes, it's, like, they're in a place where there's so many great spots. Like, when they're walking down the street, like, that scene where she's walking with her uncle to her hotel... And you, it's yeah. that long tracking take of them talking and walking and you see all the bokeh lights and the steam coming out from food vendors and this chaos behind them. It's it's such a good location to shoot at the the hotel that she stays in. You have that really cool shot of the outside of it. And then that shot in the stairwell when she's walking up the stairs like, you know, um, shot down that like triangular stairwell. It's yeah, really cool um overall i think this is like some this is one of those films again that uh, we were talking about this with the place beyond the pines it's one of those where it's super low budget so they have to make do with their location selection Mm -hmm. um and it's kind of inspiring because you're able to watch these films and you you just look at like whoa they found this place that they could shoot and it's it's just it's just cool to watch. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, they do shoot a lot of it inside. That's true. Uh, but the locations that they actually use are like really good.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think that for what this film is just looking at it from that perspective, I was really impressed with the location selection. Same thing with the production design. Um, um, Except due to the fact that, I I, I don't know, I thought that this film had too many indoor locations that just, it it didn't really have enough diversity for me to give it the 5%. So I think, I I don't know, in my opinion, it was just slightly above average with 4%. I did really like the locations, but I I don't know, I, I don't think it was quite enough to get the 5%. Okay, fair
1: enough. I think it was <laughs> um, um, so yeah I gave I gave it 5%. <laughs> five percent five out yeah. of six um,
0: okay, let's take a quick break and then we'll be back for cinematography and the second half of our review. <laughs> back okay
1: hopping back for cinematography cinematography. the
0: best category oh boy um i think that the cinematography is super crisp in this film crispy crisp
1: uh Mm -hmm. the thing okay the framing in this film is so good so good And this is just showing people that, like, you don't need a big budget to make a good-looking film. You actually don't need a budget. I agree. This film is, like, yes, of course it's not as beautiful as, like, something that's atonement or the master. But through this film basically upped its cinematography so much just through its framing. Like, they could have just been like, yeah, let's shoot it widescreen and get some cool locations some nice colors and yeah it would have been a decent looking film but they upped it so much by how they framed each shot in this film the use of dead space the basically using the rule of thirds in a way that most films will never do framing all of your subjects in the bottom of your frame um yeah
0: i noticed that too the, literally in the uh the shots of them running to the hospital they have they they're so far in the bottom third that they're cutting their legs off um just really giving everybody that it, it almost just gives everybody like uh you know if you look at like a bird's eye view kind of thing almost like just a, a a timidness to everybody it makes everybody seem smaller in the frame. They take up less space in the frame. I don't know but to me it just looked like a very uh, typical indie film in the way it was shot. Uh, it, it gave me some big Place Beyond the Pines and uh, Enemy vibes. It just has that A24 widescreen look. It, it gave me Minari vibes even mm-hmm. even though Minari came out after. So I guess Minari gave me the Farewell vibes. Um, yeah. So I really just think that in general it struggle for me to just kind of give it give my attention to it as you know it's its own unique thing like like don't get me wrong technically it's very strong and the framing is super strong too like i think that this is a very solidly shot film but to truly take it to the next level of getting a very high mark i think that the film either has to be stunning or be like inventive and you know give itself its own style Mm -hmm. and feel
1: yeah uh this is like my favorite type of cinematography we talked about before I just like this cinematography there's something about it that my eye just is attracted to um and I agree with you it's not super innovative by any means but I think for the like the amount, the budget of this film, and the overall just like the fact that this was only her second feature film. It's a pretty impressive uh, indie cinematography. Uh, Good looking film. Good use mm-hmm. of tracking shots, some uh, interlacing handheld tracking and static depending on the scenes. That shot where uh, Aquafina runs like from the wedding venue to go get uh, Nine Eyes hospital report it's like a two minute tracking shot of her just running on the sidewalk it's awesome i love that yeah um yeah what did you give it
0: uh i give cinematography overall an eight percent out of ten it's a high eight just because of how technically strong it is um i just don't know if it necessarily competes with the likes of those that have given higher marks
1: yep um okay. Since you gave it an eight and I think I liked it a little bit more, I'm gonna give it an eight point five just so I balance out my score because I don't really want a total with a .5. I respect that. <laughs> I respect that.
0: <laughs> That's oh, just me being
1: nice, nice, nice weird. Um anyways, let's
0: it, it makes our per it makes our average percent not a point two five, yeah, you know. Like
1: children men is it's, like 92.75 nice. it's really awkward yeah that's that's awkward. um okay let's move into editing which is out of yeah. eight i i think that the editing
0: uh i think it's very solid it's kind of um it's a very similar category to cinematography in my opinion where it is technically very very strong um you know it's it, this isn't like a where in raging bull you get like those weird continuity errors like this film is edited super technically strong the cuts are great uh and they and they use some very funny cuts too uh like for example them talking about the professional criers and using that as the transition to the next scene uh Mm -hmm. just little creative bonuses like that kind of boosted the score up for me um and yeah, I like the color grade too it's It's very simple uh but you get the occasional night scene or scenes with uh like a almost like a blue pink kind of contrast mm-hmm. um multiple times throughout the film, so I thought it kind of had that nice little color grade going for it uh and really, aside from the c g birds that there really wasn't that much negative i can say about the editing
1: yeah. Um, yeah, it's solid ending. I mean, I, I really like the overall choices, especially like when to cut. Like there's a lot of pretty long wide shots in this film, which I I like. Um, mm-hmm. It gets to showcase the acting. Um, like Aquafina's monologue or just like a lot of the more conversational scenes they shoot in like long wide shots, which is really something you can only do if you have a strong ensemble cast. And it's mm-hmm. a good choice, uh, editing wise. I think it it's just it just works better, especially in films like these that are very like emotionally driven, to just stay on the actor and not cut too many times, because then it just makes the audience a bit more invested. You're a bit more pulled into it instead of like mm-hmm. constant cuts. You're you're kind of more aware that you're watching a film. Um, yeah. I don't think there's anything super standout great about the editing, but. As you're saying, it's solid. Also, the Foley work, like especially during the nighttime scenes um, where they shot, it, it's really good. Like especially that scene where she's walking with her uncle down this very crowded, um, loud street. It, it's it's really good sound work. Like in general, uh, the fact that yeah. you're able to hear their voices really cr- well, and you you hear like all the food and people yelling in the background. And the steam, and the, like, it's just really a well-done sound design. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's anything super crazy about the editing, but it's very solid. Uh, Yeah, I gave it a 6 out of 8. I gave it a 6 out of 8 as well. I think
0: to boost it up to the next rank, you gotta do something that truly impresses me. I think 6 is, like, the maximum you can get for just doing everything really well. And just kind of getting yeah. by, in a way.
1: Yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, um, acting Okay, time. moving on to acting. Out of ten. I, I like is... the
0: acting in this film. There, yeah. There's some really notably strong performances. Uh, and also a bit like of some weaknesses, I thought, in the ensemble as a whole. Uh, I thought that the actress who played Nai Nai zao's uh shu zen kind of stole the show for me like don't get me wrong i thought aquafina's performance was really solid uh but to me nai nai was just such a well-played character um she she really just fits the role so well Mm -hmm. um and and just like once again obviously there's a bit of a language barrier like i can't tell if the delivery is necessarily on point uh but you know to me she she really just gave a really solid performance as well as her sister in the film lu Hong.
1: yeah yeah uh Zhu jian won uh she won the indie and the critics choice i believe yeah um, aquafina won the golden globe for best actress uh, it definitely picked up some acting awards, uh, except for being absolutely snubbed at the Oscars that year with zero yeah. nominations. And I mean, this, this film, uh, I'm just going to rant a little bit. I think it deserved some nominations at the Oscar this year. The fact that the fact that Ford versus Ferrari, I'm not, I'm not judging Ford versus Ferrari at all, but the fact that that film got nominated for best picture over this movie kind of I mean, Ford vs
0: Ferrari is just a forgettable film.
1: It is, and it's—I can't think of a single
0: person who truly has a connection to that film.
1: Yeah. Like last year, we were blessed with so many incredible films. Last year was such a good year for film, but Mm -hmm. I really do feel like the Farewell could have squeezed into that ninth best picture spot. Um, But you know. It just, the Academy just did not nominate it, but, you know, whatever. Uh, I think the acting is really good in this film as an ensemble. Um, They just play off of each other really well. It feels like a real family. You know, it feels like we're just watching a real family have these conversations. And, you know, it's not cheated. As I was saying before, there's long wide shots of people just talking you're able to just really appreciate the acting in all of these scenes um, there's only a couple actors that i feel were a little bit weak like um the little boy in it the the Bao. son of yeah but he, Dude, what it, do you it's mean? like
0: he literally didn't have to do anything he was like on his I know. ipad
1: the whole I time i know he didn't have to do anything i just don't think he gave a very good performance in like the three lines he had to say what? But like that's nah, her, nah,
0: again. No 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 no. This, this is my favorite child performance we've seen so far. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <sighs> oh. oh. Okay. Okay. On t- real real talk here. Real talk. Um. I I I really love the acting, but I thought that the supporting roles. Uh, like oh shoot, what's her name in the film? Uh Lu Lu Ping. Um her aunt I thought that that actress was kinda weak. She was kinda giving the uh like sassy technology savvy aunt role kinda deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just didn't really like that performance very much. And I thought Hao Hao's actor could have been better. I didn't really dig his fake cry. It, it it was really <laughs> over the top and i get that obviously he's drunk or whatever but i thought that that could have been a really emotional breakdown but it was just kind of eh uh but i think overall that the ensemble cast this is very solid here uh i gave it a eight percent out of ten
1: yeah you know who else stood out for me was <laughs> um oh what was her name uh ao mizuhada uh, she played the how uh, how's fiance she doesn't yeah, really say yes. anything she doesn't say anything film, but she her but looks her,
0: of confusion yeah, are so her great facial,
1: <laughs> her facial reactions in all the scenes are so funny i and know they add Fifth, so much comedy I, to it
0: i'm not even gonna lie 50 percent of the time i was laughing was be- at, like because of her like even in that scene where they're bowing it's just her like looking around because yeah. she, she doesn't understand what's happening she's like "Okay, i'm, so I'm bowing confused. again like oh okay we're bowing <laughs> again like she just looks so confused um or even when she's trying to get how how to sing the japanese uh song and he just doesn't know japanese <laughs> so he's she's yeah. like trying to coax him into <laughs> saying the right things like I thought you'd get, yeah, I, th- I agree with you. I wasn't going to yeah. mention it, but beautiful. And
1: obviously, Aquafina's like, monologue breakdown scene is really good acting in general. It's just a really strong performance. And this is big. Like, Aquafina is a stand-up comedian who really is only known for, like, doing satire rap and, like, you know, Crazy Rich Asians kind of characters where you just kind of come in for the laugh and then leave. Yeah. This is a, big step for her to do a film like this with such an emotional weight and she's kind of carrying this whole film um mm-hmm. it's a really good performance uh i i honestly wasn't bothered that much by any of the performances i mean there were a couple that i was like eh, it could be a little better but like I, I feel like i was really nitpicking um yeah so i gave it a 9 out of 10 for acting
0: fair enough fair enough Uh, let's move on to, um, entertainment value, which is at a 10%. I'm not gonna, uh, this was one of the most entertaining films, uh, that we've looked at so far, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Okay. Wait, let me rephrase that a bit. This was like from a casual standpoint one of the most entertaining films we've looked at so far Mm -hmm. because it's like i understand that a film like the master or um even children of men isn't necessarily like uh the most entertaining on paper but like just my personal taste i find myself really wrapped up and invested in them uh but You're a right. film like yeah. this is just such a film that I could just sit down and watch really at any time. It's it's very accessible. It's it's very easy to digest and just laugh at and also cry at. Like it, mm-hmm. it really perfects that dramedy roller coaster of emotions. Um, and also, it's just very very short. Yeah, which helps it out, and it's punchy. It's punchy. Um, joke delivery like yeah i think excluding credits it's only like an hour and 35 minutes hour and 36 minutes yeah um and 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 that's just perfect in my opinion because this (laughs) this film doesn't need to drag it out It, it almost uh helps the message of just the short time that they have left with her in a way yeah um because you're not going to be able to do all this stuff with her. It, it, I don't know. I, I really like the short run time. And overall, I just think that this film is funny, sad at times, and really just does what it needs to do in an entertaining way and really just kept me engaged.
1: Yeah, I uh, I agree. It's it's one of those films that... It's just... it's fun to watch and i never was bored i kind of just enjoyed this entire film this one was my second time watching it so once again there's rewatch value to it um and also i didn't watch this film a long time ago the first time i watched this like maybe i don't know six months of space between re-watching it so it holds up it's fun to watch it still hit me emotionally um yeah. it had some good laughs uh, solid performance, good cinematography. So it's like not one of those films where it's like entertaining, but also it's like not that interesting to look at. It's like still pretty interesting. to Look at, um, I, I agree with you on a casual level. I think this is one of the more entertaining films we've done so far. I still think the master was my favorite, favorite film to watch, but I think, yeah, just entertainment wise, this is probably my favorite so far. Um, yeah. I give it a 9 out of 10 entertainment value.
0: Yeah, I gave it a 9 out of 10, too. Just because I feel like to truly hit the 10%, I got to be, like, rolling around on the ground laughing or just, you know, something that's going to make me even, like, forget to take notes on it. Just enthralling and this wasn't like quite the
1: room, done. you know, it's got to be exactly like the room or level entertainment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I really feel like until we land on Birdemic, there will never be a 10 out of 10. Unless I've given <laughs> a 10 out of 10, I kind of forget. Um, I don't think so. I think maybe Children of Men, actually. Ooh, maybe. I, I honestly can't really remember. Um, yeah. With that being said, let's move on to overall technical achievement out of 15%. And honestly, this, this, this film kind of gained points for me just because of my expectations and then the reality. What, like, when I see a film with a $3 million budget, I really don't expect to be even impressed with the tele- technical aspects. I more am expecting to be uh, wowed by the screenplay or something. But this film really just did what it needed to do with the technical elements. And it, it, it was just very strong. There were, there were literally, I have very little critiques, uh, of the technical elements and I may not have given them perfect scores, uh, but I still think that this film majorly impressed me with its technical achievement.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's, it's one of those films where everything is just solid. There's no mistakes really made. Um, Yeah, I I, I mean, for me, everything was kind of like two points off full marks on technical. So it's a solid 13 out of 15 overall technical achievement. Um, Yeah, 13% for me, too. Just solid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, um, let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back, tally up our total scores and then uh, spin the wheel, see what we're doing next week. Yeah, sounds good.
0: Okay. We've tallied up the numbers, received our final scores. Uh, Lucas, you want to go first? What was your, what was your overall score for the farewell?
1: Yeah. Uh, farewell actually scored pretty high for me, which I was not expecting. Uh, I don't know, just like when I was going through the grading of it, I, I was way more impressed than I remember this film being. Um, yeah anyways total percentage 86 percent um damn would have been an 85.5 but i just wanted to you know get that nice <laughs> bump
0: it up uh, so this officially means that lucas thinks the farewell is a better film than goodwill hunting
1: i do i um, think i think i do yes i do here first i do i do not uh, not in all the categories but i think overall it's a little bit better just tiny bit tiny bit one percent more
0: yeah uh i overall gave the farewell a percentage of 81 percent okay um a little bit of differentiation uh but these scores are very similar to the place beyond the pines um just in the fact that it's an indie film that lucas likes more than me
1: (laughs) as you guys can tell i like indie films like i just i don't get me wrong i like indie okay, films but too. ben likes artsy indie films that's different yeah
0: exactly i, I just like precisely indie films. <laughs> I, I like this film a lot i just i don't know to, to me it's not necessarily like a, a film that really like stands out to me as a as a conversation of like a top 10 film for me you know it's a yeah. solid film. I would recommend it, but I don't know. It's just not up there with my favorites.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Um... Maybe it will be after a few more uh, viewings, but as of right now, it is not. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think it's a really solid film. And it's one of our more, like, uh, it's um, it's so pretentious calling it accessible, but that's kind of what it is. Um, it's a crowd pleaser. You know, exactly
1: yeah
0: like enemy enemy is the opposite of this film enemy is like the 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 non-film nerds won't understand this bro they don't (laughs) understand me it's pretentious and Mm -hmm. you know sometimes i like to to watch those but sometimes i just want to stoop down to the everyday man (laughs) (laughs)
1: No. so uh that means that the I'm not, I'm farewell not actually this bad
0: in real life guess, I swear. <laughs> um,
1: The farewell is in ninth place, point five percent below Brazil, purely because yeah. of Ben's bias.
0: Shut um, up. Brazil is amazing. I love Brazil. <laughs> Brazil's a cult classic, dude. Brazil is the definition of a cult classic.
1: Dude, I'm hating on Brazil. I liked Brazil. I thought it was a good movie. I just like didn't wasn't all that impressed by it. But you know, still a good movie. Um, okay, let's let's spin the wheel. Let's do it. Let's spin that wheel. Let's Wanna just see... let's just
0: get right into it. This has been a bit of a longer review. Like let like, let's waste no time. Let's let's just spin that wheel. You know.
1: Let's do it.
0: Um... I, I'm really excited. Hopefully, we finally get a Wes Anderson film. <laughs> Oh boy! I've been dying for one.
1: <laughs> Dude, you can watch a Wes Anderson film whenever you want. Doesn't have to. I have seen
0: you. I have seen every <laughs> single Wes Anderson film at least twice. <laughs> Actually, that's a lie. I've only seen Moonrise Kingdom once, and I've only seen Isle of Dogs once. And
1: Moon but Ra- I think
0: Moonrise Kingdom is my least favorite Wes Anderson
1: movie. So. Can I guess why? Is it because? the lead actors are children
0: is it is it because child actors <laughs> yes i'm not even joking it's that's the reason and also because i find it just less good i don't even know why i yeah it it probably is the child actors but can you argue with me like are you really not are you really gonna say you like them
1: moonrise king i like moonrise kingdom
0: i like it oh dude don't get me wrong i love moonrise kingdom but it's just my least favorite
1: wes anderson movie okay okay uh, I haven't seen every Wes Anderson movie like you, but I've seen most of them. Mm, would it be my... Ma- no, I think I, I like Moonrise Kingdom better than Royal Tenenbaums, not gonna lie.
0: Damn! That's an unpopular opinion. I, I just
1: don't really like Royal Tenenbaums. It kind of bores me. <sighs> um... I, I,
0: I, to be fair, I would say the Royal Tenenbaums is my second least favorite Wes Anderson movie.
1: okay. There enough. Um okay, let's spin the wheel. I already got quick down player up, I'm already screen recording, so I'm ready to go.
0: Beautiful. Spin that wheel.
1: Okay, um we are spinning in three, two, one.
0: Uh Uh-huh. What are we landing? What's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? What's
1: it gonna be? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Is it for minutes? It's The Life Aquatic. Oh, oh,
0: oh. <laughs> this, is, this is so hype, guys. This is, my, this is my number one favorite movie of all time. Is it actually yeah, The Life Aquatic? It, it's actually
1: joking? The Life Aquatic.
0: I, I have seen this film probably four or five times, maybe even six. I, I absolutely love this film. My favorite film. You're about to watch Ben Bias come into full effect. Except um, like I don't yeah. even I don't even know if I can st- make it score that high on a on a chart. Like if there was a category for sentimental value, it would score two hundred percent. Here I'll I'll pull up the plot summary. Uh, I'll I'll stop gushing about it, um, and actually read the plot summary. Um, dude, okay.
1: that's that's how that's crazy that it landed on that. Out of a hundred movies and we were just talking about it. That's yeah, that's just weird. This is hype.
0: Oh man, I'm so excited. Uh okay. While working on a documentary, Steve Zisu's partner gets killed under mysterious circumstances by a shark. Steve and his crew set out on an expedition to hunt it down. Yeah. That, I mean, that is basically... This This film is almost... It's a mockumentary kind of based off of Jacques Cousteau's uh, adventures. Um, everything up to the uniforms are homage to Jacques Cousteau. Uh, and yeah, it's got an absolutely star-studded cast. One of the best soundtracks, if not the best soundtracks I ever ever have heard in my life damn um and it is just it, it's a box office flop i'm not gonna lie um it had a fi- it actually had a big budget has a 56
1: the... on rotten tomatoes <laughs> it has it's better on imdb
0: though 7.3 on imdb
1: yeah uh, yeah this
0: is my this is my favorite film of all time um it's it's just it's a really solid film and it's not necessarily the most stylized Wes Anderson film uh and it's got some big household names like Jeff Goldblum and Angelica Houston um so i i feel like this is one of the more uh more like well fan received Wes Anderson films right but i'm i'm super excited to watch this and review this Yeah, with that being said, I think that concludes our review of The Farewell from 2019. Uh, We'll see you next week for a Wes Anderson Geek Fest.
1: Oh, boy. uh, Reviewing the Life Aquatic. Okay. See you guys. Thank you for listening to Slightly Qualified Film Students. Make sure to tune in next week for a new film discussion and review. Our theme song is Slightly Sexy by Thompson Springs. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a like. Send us feedback and comments as well as your thoughts on the film. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at S underscore Q underscore F underscore S.
0: If you would like to send us a question or a comment for next week's episode, you can email us at sqfilmstudents at gmail.com.
1: Thanks for listening and we'll see you all next week. Bye.